we are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Powerful. Thank you, Brennan. Kicking off a new series this morning entitled Walk With Me. And uh, man, you know, we have some amazing, gifted, talented individuals in our church. And uh, we're, we're a church that's going to do some things that are outside the box like that. For many of you, you're like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm seeing on your faces, you're like, uh, it's called a spoken word. I found that out from Brennan. Praise the Lord. Such a powerful, powerful depiction of what Jesus came to do for us here on this earth. I don't know about you, but I'm more than ever, more than ever thankful that I serve a God that came to this earth and walked among us and gave his life for a sinner like me, one that was lost, one that was broken, one that didn't know what I was missing. And he gave his life for me. Did the same thing for you. Each and every one of you here this morning, you're not here by chance. You're not here by some, some just, ah, I got invited and, you know, I just showed up. No, you're here for a reason, and the reason is that Jesus Christ, the living Savior, wants to meet you face-to-face here in this place this morning. So I have a, a passage of Scripture that I want to kick this series off with, entitled Walk With Me. This one is entitled, subtitled, Life Is Ahead. And I want to jump in right away. We don't have much time, but I want to jump right into a passage of Scripture. In this Scripture, you may think, JP, there's a lot better <laughs> passages of Scripture that you could reference this morning that would show us and teach us what it means to walk with Jesus. But if you can do me a favor, can, we do, can you do me a favor? Can you lean in for a second? Because this message, this story about Jesus in this time is so profoundly impactful. And I think that this has to be the foundation for where we're going the next couple weeks. Walk with me. It's out of the book of John, chapter 8, 1 through 12. If you have your Bibles, you can pull them out. Bring your Bible to church. It's a good thing. Take notes, single people. Highlight it, take notes, because maybe you're sitting next to another single person, and, you're, and they see how much you've highlighted and read your Bible, and they're like, oh, that is an awesome man of God or woman of God. You might get a date walking out of here. Who knows? Right? <laughs> if all of you are looking up on your phone, we also, like I said, have cameras and are watching what you're looking at right now. So, anyways, bad joke. John 8, 1 through 12. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back at uh, again at the temple. A crowd, a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Pause. Pause. Let's never be a church where we are bringing people into church to be accused. They need this message. This message is for them. I brought my friend today so that they could hear the message. I'm good. We ain't, none of us are good. <laughs> none of us. Let's stop bringing people, let's stop gossiping about people, let's stop bringing people into the place where this should be a place that is filled with love, filled with grace, filled with mercy. The Pharisees brought someone that was caught in sin and said, Jesus, do something. And Jesus flips the script. He does something completely countercultural to what we would expect him 
to do. I want to be a church that carries people to the feet of Jesus. Guys, I say it all the time. We have one shot, one moment, one opportunity to do this. Everyone's yelling today. I'm out of this church. We have one shot, one moment. Let's be a church that brings people to the feet of Jesus. Amen? Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down. I love that. Jesus meets us exactly where we're at in our brokenness. You catch that, right? He didn't stay standing up. He didn't talk to them like with his chest puffed out. He got on his knees where the woman was at. Thank you, Jesus. And he wrote in the dust with his fingers. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. We've heard that saying, even if you don't go to church. You that hasn't sinned, just go ahead and throw the stone, right? Throw the stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go, though, and sin no more. I'm not condemning you, but don't do what you've been doing. Go, walk. And sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Good news this morning, right, church? Hey, if you walk with me, there is no darkness that will keep you. You will walk in the light of me. Anybody thankful for Jesus in this place this morning? Come on, this is not a quiet church. Come on, I'm thankful for Jesus that he allows us to walk in his light and no longer in darkness. Jesus, this is your word this morning. This is your house. This is your church. These are your people. God, would you, by your spirit's power, speak to us, we pray. Speak through this word. God, help us to lean in here in this moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that we will learn a deep revelation of what it means to walk with you all the days of our lives. We love you. We bless you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Walk with me as I was uh, getting, getting ready to go into surgery. As many of you know, I had surgery on my ankle uh, back in May. I had it reconstructed uh, from a, just years of playing sports and soccer in college. And so I had a surgery coming up. And before the surgery, I was limited to what I could do physically when it came to running or sprinting and all that. It just started bothering me really bad. And I remember my wife who, uh, who would, would come into to our apartment and she'd be like, "Hun." Would you go on a walk with me? <laughs> I love my wife. Men, learn from me in this moment, okay? All you men, learn. I would say, no. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. you guys were hoping like you'd be like, yes, be a great husband. I was like, no, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I don't want to go walk because I'd rather go run or I'd rather go work out. What's a walk going to do for me, babe? I'd rather just sit here and talk with you. Can we just go grab a coffee, sit down, talk? She'd be like, please, just come for a walk with me, right? Me being super selfish, <laughs> Y'all are quiet. I'll be alone up here this morning. Super selfish. We constantly say to her, no, Rach, I'm not going to go on a walk with you. I, I, can we just sit on the couch and do nothing and stare into each other's eyes like we love each other with everything inside of us? She's like, but I want to go on a walk with you. So as, as the days kept coming closer to my surgery, I said, you know what? 
I'll just get over myself and I'll go on a walk. How do you know walking with your spouse if you're married is amazing? Right? It's amazing. I would, I would begin to take walks with Rach and I would realize how much, how much fun we actually had. How the conversation would open up into some amazing places that we would never really go just sitting on the couch. Her dad would always tell me, JP, go on walks with Rachel. You're going to learn more about her. And I was like, stupid me. <laughs> Why didn't I do this sooner? Right? Why didn't I go when she asked? Why didn't I walk with her when she would ask for me? And as, as my surgery came and as I recovered, we began to continue on walks. And, and as we have time, and now the cold weather's coming, so maybe I'll make an excuse of it, but um, we continue to walk together. And what I noticed about walking with my wife is when one of us gets ahead of the other, it's really hard to talk, Right? When one of us gets behind and kind of straggles behind, mostly me, because she's a fast walker, it's hard to talk, right? So, so in our walks, I would realize as, as she would go ahead or as I would get ahead or I would get behind or she would get behind, the communication would break down. You guys with me this morning on this? Like I would realize, wow, we have to stay right next to each other. I, I think of this with God, with us. I, I see me in my walk, maybe just me today, I see me with my walk with Jesus that there are moments in my life that I get too far ahead of Jesus. Hello. I start to do my own thing. I start to act in my own way. I start to do what I feel is best for me, right? Then there's moments in my life where I get a little bit behind what Jesus is calling me to. I get a little lazy per se, right? I start to think, ah, I'm good for today. I don't, I don't got to open up my word today. I don't got to show up to the house of God today. I'm good where I'm at today. And we fall behind. I think that this is such a picture of what God wants to get to our church here. Is that we need to understand and we need to come to a deep revelation of what it means to walk with God. Right? Well, JP, duh, we all know. No, I don't think we really realize how important it is that daily we get up and we walk with Jesus. That we don't get ahead, that we don't get behind, that we walk at a pace together. How many of you want to walk with Jesus together? Hand in hand, my hand's up. The rest of y'all, we're praying for you, don't worry. <laughs> I want you all to walk with Jesus hand in hand. You know, from the beginning of time, beginning of in, in the garden, you know, God, it was stated that God walked with Adam and Eve, among Adam and Eve. And then whether you believe that to be figurative or, 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 li, or literal, like, I, I, I know one thing to be true about scriptures, that his presence was with them in that garden, right? So, so maybe we're not walking with a physical God right hand in hand right now. Maybe we're not walking with the God that we can see, but we can feel his presence. That was a really good place to say amen. So maybe you're like, whoa, so from the beginning of time, man, Adam and Eve were created to be in the presence of God. They were created to walk with God in the garden, and then man fell. Sin came. A choice. Andrew depicted this so well last week. He preached so well about this, that the choice came to choose either love or the things of this world. And the moment that man chose the things of this world, it says that sin entered the world, and God said, hey, listen. I'm going to keep walking with you, but I'm going to send my son Jesus to walk among you. Hello. Yeah, see, I'm going to try to teach you and train you and try to get your attention time and time and time again throughout the Old Testament. But, guys, listen, God said to his people, I'm going to send the Savior to come and walk among you. 
And as time went on, Jesus shows up. He shows up and Jesus walked among us. He walked among people. He healed people. He gave sight to the blind. He gave hope to the hopeless. He healed the, the sick girl. He, he, he called Lazarus out of the grave. Jesus wasn't just some cool guy. He was the Savior. He was the King. He was the Lord. And he walked among his people. So if, if Jesus walked back then with his people, then why is it any different today? This makes sense. His presence is alive to us today. His presence is, is, is there. The moment we call upon the name of Jesus, his presence comes. Some of you are figuring out the solution. You're doing the math problems. You're trying to figure out how to get Jesus into your circumstances. Just ask him. Wow, deep revelation this morning at Oasis Church Chicago. Come back next week. Say, Jesus, you're welcomed. You're invited. Please come and walk with me in my situation. Please come talk with me in my situation. Jesus, come walk with me. But how do we stay in tune with God? How do we keep the walk going? How do we not get stuck? How do we avoid falling behind or getting too far ahead? I want to say this in this series, that walking with Jesus is not about the destination. Hello. Hello, I know there's noise up there. Welcome to Wakuna Artisoft. It's not about the destination, right? It's about the journey. It's about the journey. It's about the heart posture that, you know what, today's a hard day, but Jesus, I still need to walk with you. You know what, today, Jesus, I don't really feel it, but I'm going to keep choosing you in faith. You know what, Jesus, you may not be able to be seen, but I've seen your faithfulness time and time again. So you know what, Jesus, even though it's hard today, I'm going to keep walking with you. It's not about a destination. It's not until something great happens. You already made something great. It was the cross and the empty tomb 2,000 years ago. Come on, church. We can be excited that Jesus walks among us. Some of you are like, get him off the coffee right now. 16 shots of espresso I think I had this morning. Something crazy. Woo! Praise God for coffee. But walking with Jesus is what we are called to do. It's what he desires to do with us. Tell me another God that wants to walk with you. Show me another God that walked among you. Tell me, and I'll, I'll be like, yeah, but I can't find it. But I know the presence of God is so rich. It's so good, and it's with us when we want to walk with him. Jesus is calling some of you today to grab his hand and start taking a walk with him every single day. Don't worry about what your circumstances are today. Don't worry about the place you're in today. Don't worry where he has you today. It's not about where you're at today. It's about who you're with today. I'm going to preach. Walk with him. He's inviting you to walk with him. So back to the scripture. Why in the world, JP, did you pick this passage of scripture? <laughs> what in the world are you doing? This is a touchy passage of scripture. This is a very interesting passage of scripture to talk about Jesus walking. But before this, I think that there's something we didn't know in chapter 7. Jesus is, is actually being, I don't want to say attacked, but for the sake of words, attacked about who he really is. You know, that he's doing ministry, he's doing life, and, and the people of the law and the world at that time were saying, you're not that guy, you're crazy. They tried to kill him, they tried to arrest him, and Jesus is like, I'm just here to help, I'm here to serve, I'm here to give my life for all of you, but you still don't get it, so I'm just going to do it anyways for you, because that's how gracious Jesus is. And so before this in chapter 7, go home and read your Bibles. Hello. Don't be like, this is the only time I get scripture. Pastor, feed me everything. I can't. This is one sermon, one little moment, one thing, Right? 
So they're like, who are you, Jesus? And Jesus says, this is who I am. I'm the son of God. I came to give life. I came to give hope. I came to give truth. And they were like, no, you're not. You're crazy. You're whack. You're bogus. We're going to get you. And he was like, no, not yet. So chapter 7, Jesus is just being attacked, right? And then all of a sudden, chapter 8 happens, right? And it's a crazy story. It's a story about a woman uh, who's caught in the act of adultery. Side note, where's the guy? Bogus. For real. For real. For real. Okay? Side note, another sermon all the ladies are like in the place like, yeah. That's the most I've ever heard from you women. No amens. Just like, yeah, preach it, preacher. Come on, tell the boys. You all laughing, but it really was true. They're like, yeah, in the back I heard somebody too. It's a side note. I'll preach that message some other time. But I think in this moment that the religious leaders, the people of the law brought this woman to the feet of Jesus to accuse her and to really test Jesus. And in my opinion, chapter 8 shows the biggest heart of Jesus. Like this is the heart of Jesus right here. Imagine this scene, right? There's a crowd of people and this woman caught in an act, an act that by the law was, the, the penalty was death. Right? It wasn't just a simple little sin back then. It wasn't just this like, oh, you committed adultery, you're good, forgiveness, cool. No, this was a bad thing in the law of that time. And they bring the person to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what are you going to do about this? And Jesus shows them his heart. And he shows something incredible. See, Jesus is calling us today more than ever to walk with him. He is inviting us on this journey with him. Before we can walk with him, though, we need to encounter him. Before and when we encounter him, Condemnation flees as we walk with him, and when we walk with him, we leave, we live in the light which leads us to life. Can I just preach three points here today? I know we, don't, we didn't have long, and it's all right. These are important points as we move into this series. But the first point that I want to talk about is this. Before you can walk with Jesus, you need to encounter Jesus. This is why I picked this passage of Scripture. Because something profoundly impactful happens. Guys, imagine this scene with me for a moment, right? There's this crowd, and they're crazy, and Jesus shows up, and then there's this woman caught in a terrible act. And they bring her before Jesus, and they're ready to stone her. They're ready to kill her. They're ready to end her life. And they say, Jesus. Well, they don't even say Jesus. Let me say this. They say, teacher. What would you say about this? What are you going to do about this, teacher? And Jesus gives them a teacher response, but then he does what only Jesus could do. He stoops down on his knees, I think, and he, he, he probably puts his arm around the woman in my, 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 my depiction, right? That's heresy. Well, okay, whatever. That's how I see Jesus, right? Because I don't know any of you that are in this room, when you're in their lowest of lows, you don't think Jesus is comforting you. Hello. So I see Jesus get down, and he wraps his arm, and then he starts to teach. He starts to do something really crazy. He draws a line, and he starts to write. He starts to write in the, in, the, in the dust, it says. He starts to write things, and people see this, and they start to go, whoa. It says that from oldest to youngest, the people start to then leave and walk away, right? I don't know what. Nobody really knows what Jesus wrote. What I think Jesus started to write was their names. Because <laughs> Jesus is a savage. <laughs> he starts to write their names. He's like, yeah, Phil, yeah, Joe, yeah, whatever these, Bartholomew, yeah, whatever. Like, Bible names, like. Zacchaeus, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I see you, I see you too, and this is what you did. So if you're going to condemn this woman, 
Watch what you did. Hey, guess what, guys, everybody around here that wants to condemn her, I want to encounter you just as I'm about to encounter this woman. So will you come and will you let me show you life? Or are you going to just keep holding on to your religious spirit? Because if you hold on to religious spirit, you can't walk with Jesus. He's like, will you give up the way that you think? Will you give up your, st- your, your stance? Would you give up your platform? And would you just come and encounter me? So Jesus writes all this stuff. He does something crazy, and the people just start to leave one by one by one. And you know what I think happens, which is so powerful? The woman truly encounters Jesus. Because notice they say, teacher, tell us what you would do. But I think as the woman is there, and she's, she's just so broken, she's so messed up, she's so hurt, she sees the Lord right there. She encounters the living God right there. See, she didn't get up as Jesus started to write, and as he wrote, in the, she didn't get up and say, I'm good, thank you, now everybody left, I'm good, see ya, right? Some of us do that. When Jesus releases us, we're like, we're good, thanks, I'll be back in six months. She sits there, and she addresses Jesus in the way that he is due honor, and she says, not teacher, she says, Lord, this is good. She doesn't say, teacher. She doesn't say, you awesome man. What are you? Who are you? This is incredible. She says, Lord. See, when you encounter Jesus, you have to encounter him. You have to have an encounter with him before you can walk with him. You have to have the revelation. You have to have the heart posture to say, no longer he's just my savior when I need him. No longer is he just this cool Jesus character, but he is Lord of my life. If he is the Lord of your life, then you will walk with him. If he is the Lord of some things in your heart, he's the Lord of nothing in your heart. He has to be the Lord over everything in your life. Your relationships, your home, the way that you do work, the way that you talk, the way that you treat people. He has to be Lord. And Jesus is addressed by her in a beautiful way. She says, Lord, Lord. See, what I think happens? She encountered the living God. She didn't encounter some, some, some teacher. She didn't encounter some pastor. She had a face-to-face. That's what encounter is, a face-to-face moment with Jesus. Anybody, does this make sense? Like, this is awesome. Teacher, nope. She didn't call him that. She called him Lord. She encountered him. You know what's amazing? The moment she encountered him and she called him Lord, Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. He didn't say, hey, stay here now. You're going to be good. You're with me forever. She, he said to her, what? Thank you. Go. What does go mean? Walk. Wow. Wow. Go means go. <laughs> In the original language, you know what it looks up? I looked it up. It literally says go. I was like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> Profoundly impactful. He said, hey, you know who I am. You encountered me. Your life's, what I believe is that woman's life was different. See, some of you have been showing up to church for far too long, and you're just coming because it's your checklist of things to do. You're just checking it off your list. You're going to leave here. But none of you have encountered Jesus face-to-face. Because when you encounter Jesus face-to-face, you don't want anything else in life. My prayer for each and every one of you in this place today is before you walk with Jesus, before you go and just go and walk with him, you encounter him. Because if you don't encounter him, if you don't allow him to reveal himself to you, if you're holding on to religious stuff, if you're holding on to what's happened to you in the past, if you're holding on to, well, this is what I believe God should be, I should fit him in my little box, 
You're not encountering him. And if you encounter him, you can go. This, this, is, this is like, this is the Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually, at all. This is the Bible. This isn't Pastor JP telling you you can all. See, sometimes we think that we can just go. And Jesus will catch up. And Jesus will go, well, God, go before me. You're behind me. You're next to me. And he's like, yo, I don't even know you. He's like, I want you to know me. Know me, and I will show you where to go. See, when you encounter Jesus, when you start to walk with him, you know what's awesome about Jesus? When you Condemnation flees. It's the second point. When you walk with Jesus, that was a really good place to be like, shout out loud and get crazy. But we're still a quiet church. We're getting there. Second point is this. When you walk with Jesus, when you realize and you have an encounter face-to-face with Jesus, you know what happens? Condemnation flees. Like, it's awesome. See, the woman's sitting there, and, and Jesus says to her, yo, hey, 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 you're mine. <laughs> hey, all these people that were condemning you, all the condemnation over your life, everything that has been said about you, gone. You're no longer who you were. You're no longer the woman of adultery. You're the woman that is called a daughter of me. And he says, all the people, he says to her, right, I got to hurry. I'm, I'm sorry. He just says, he says, listen, who's around to condemn you? Who's here? And she says, no one. And he says, neither am I. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Oh, we hear so often, Jesus is a condemning God. He's a God that's pointing the finger. He's a God that's disappointed in you. He's not. What he is, he's a God that's calling you. He's a God that wants to get down low with you. He wants to kneel next to you and he wants to say, hey, you are forgiven. You are washed clean and condemnation has to flee. There's some church people in here this morning that you've heard this message and you're just like, yeah, it's cool. And you walk out of here and you feel condemned day after day after day because there's sin in your life. There's things in your life that nobody knows about and you're holding on to it and Jesus all along is going, just come to me. Get low with me. I already know I want to wash you clean. I want you to live in victory. I want, to live, I want you to live in power. We need a church more than ever. I'm yelling. I know it. We need a church more than ever to walk in power. But how does that happen? When we say condemnation's fleeing. Because Jesus paid my price. He paid my penalty. He's not calling me who I used to be. See, I deal with this a lot, guys. Can I be honest? For me, one of the voices in my head that's so loud is condemnation. But you know what happens when I hear those voices? I don't stay in it. I get up, and I start to walk with Jesus. I start to say, Jesus, tell me who I am. Jesus, show me who I am. Jesus, remind me of who you've called me to be. Remind me of what you've done in my life. And little by little, moment by moment, prayer by prayer, God just continually just calls it off of my life. You're not who you used to be, JP. You're not the man you used to be, JP. You don't walk the same way you used to walk, JP. You don't talk the same way you used to talk, JP. You don't act how you used to act, JP. I paid for that stuff. Who else is condemning you? Because if JP, if if I'm not condemning you, nobody else is. Stop allowing the voices of others to dictate your calling. Stop. Because if Jesus isn't condemning you because you're at his feet and at his feet there is freedom, then nobody else can condemn you. Not even a pastor. 
Can we be a church that doesn't condemn people but brings people to the feet of Jesus? Man, oh, man, this is such a good word. This is a good word. I, I know. Listen, we're, we're almost done. Some of you are like, I know I got brunch plans. The Bears are playing. Oh, my gosh, hurry. Exactly my point. <laughs> I love you all. Condemnation flees the moment you allow Jesus to come and invade your heart. And you encounter him face to face. It's a faith thing, right? I can't see him. I don't know. But I know God's here in this place, and some of you are feeling something crazy inside of you. And you're like, this is weird. This is vibes. Good vibes, right? It's such good vibes in this place. I hear it all the time. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to call it, it's the Holy Spirit, but good vibes all day. <laughs> good vibes. I'm like, yeah, bro, great vibes. But Jesus is just like knocking. He's like, yo, I want to encounter you. I want to meet you face to face. I want to show you what I have for you. I want to show you where I want to take you. I want to show you that where you're at right now, where people are condemning you, you're living in sin, you're living in this thing. I want to take you and I want to release you from it. And I want you to walk in light. The third thing is this, and this is closing. See, when condemnation flees and you start to walk with Jesus, you start to walk in light. You start to walk in light. Like John 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Notice something profound that Jesus says. He says, if. Jesus is not going to twist anybody's arm. He's not going to manipulate you. He's not going to just try to force this upon you. He says, what? If you follow me. If you follow me. If you choose love this day, you will walk in light. You will no longer walk in darkness, but you will walk in the light. I don't know about you, and this is how I'm going to close, and we're going to pray. I said it at, I think, prayer meeting or whenever a couple weeks ago, but I'm not a big fan of the dark. <laughs> and you know what else? I'm not a big fan of camping. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm not a camper, right? Rach loves camping. She will probably take our kids camping by herself. <laughs> She's like, whatever. I don't like camping, but I remember going camping. <laughs> I wish I had an RV. I wish I had a trailer or something to sleep in, but we were up in northern, northern Michigan with a bunch of guys from the university that I worked at. And I remember the guy said to me, JP, make sure you get a flashlight. And I was like, oh, yeah, good call. So I got a flashlight, right? One of the biggest flashlights I could find at, like, Walgreens. It was, like, this long, you know, like, one of those mag lights. And I was like, got it, good, check, right? Forgot a pillow, but whatever, got a flashlight. <laughs> Another story. I remember getting up there, and we backpacked, and we walked what felt like forever. And I remember setting up my tent and got into my tent that night, and it was pitch black. Why? Because we're in the woods. <laughs> and the moon was just a little lit, and uh, I remember... Feeling like, okay, not a big fan here. Don't like this. Like, I remember hearing noises, like, all around me, right? And I'd be like, shoot, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> like, I was, like, shining my light. Like, like, it was a lightsaber or something. Like, get away. <laughs> like, but I remember feeling so, like, anxious and nervous and scared. I'm man enough to say scared, right? I'd shine the light. And the moment that I shined the light where I thought the noise was coming, I felt at ease. I was like, oh, good, it's not there. <laughs> Here, another oh, good, it's not there. Woo! The guys next morning, like, how'd you sleep? I didn't sleep. I was just shining the flashlight. Like, 
<laughs> I really was. Until the sunrise came up, and I was like, oh, I can sleep for a little bit. Praise God. But I think about this with Jesus, right? It's kind of a silly parallel, but I think that a lot of us are walking in anxiety. A lot of us are walking in fear. A lot of us are walking in sin, and Jesus is like, I want to shine my light, right? I want to shine my light on the places and spaces that seem dark. I want to shine my light on the places and spaces that seem scary. I want to shine my light on the places and spaces in your heart that you've been holding on to that nothing else has been able to fix it. Nothing else has been able to fill the void. I want to walk with you because when I walk with you, I'm going to shine my light for you. A flashlight's great, but the light of Jesus Christ is a thousand times better. So Jesus, yeah, light up my path. Light up my steps. Light up where you have me for me to go. Light up my life, Jesus. I don't want to walk in darkness anymore. I want to walk in the light and the victory of Jesus Christ. I want to walk in his light. I want to walk in his love. And Jesus says to them, hey, listen, this woman that was caught in adultery, she's forgiven. Go, woman. And then he teaches the rest of the people, hey, guys, follow me. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness anymore. If you come with me, you won't walk in pain anymore. If you come with me, you won't walk in insecurity anymore. If you come with me, you won't walk in pride anymore. If you let me lead you, if you let me guide you, if, 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 I will see you through to eternity. This is the Jesus I serve. This is the God that loves me and loves you. Let me light up your life. Let me show you. Let me bring salvation to you. And let me give you the hope that will never fade, that will never go. Walk with me, right? A powerful picture of Jesus Christ with a woman that the world condemned, but Jesus is not a condemning God. He is a God that's for you and not against you. He's a God that loves you. He's a God that died for you. He is a God that wants to see you through to the purposes, to the calling that he has for each and every one of you. I don't know about you, but Jesus is worthy of a thousand praises, of a loud shout of praise. Come on, church, can we stand to our feet this morning? Can we worship God one last time? Come on, church, can we thank him for everything he's done? Can we sing this out one time before we go? Can we praise God for all that he's doing in our lives? Come on, church, let's sing it.